And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, Benji? That's Carl. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Fellas, think we could listen to the radio or something? Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360, I'll present the conclusion to the Red Skelton Show and then it's a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense, starring Edmund Gwen. And by my side is my co-host Lisa Wolf, right Lisa? I'm still here, I haven't left you yet. You like my Kato, my Tonto, my glue or something. Let's see, my Jingles. Your my, jingles. Your, yeah, you know, uh, that was, uh, um, who was, who, Jingles was a oh. uh, sidekick to Wild Bill Hickok. Now that one I did not yeah. know. And you're Nobody's also. Nobody's ever called me Jingles. You before. know what? You're like my, um, you're like my trigger, right? To, to, uh, you know who Trigger was? <laughs> I do. You know, tr- yeah, you're, that, you're really not my Trigger. No. No. I'll, I'll no. be your second no. banana. You're like my uh, Dale Evans to my Roy Rogers. There, how's that? Sort of like not, the- You're not my Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'm your Trigger. How's All right. That? That's way oh, that, better. That's way better, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to tune in to Red Skelton, the conclusion. We started it in our third hour. Let's go back to May 9th, 1944, for the conclusion to the Red Skelton Show. Hey, would you uh, like to play follow the leader? Huh? Well, I can't swim. Well, sir, I'll teach you. I got a book here that says uh, how to swim. It's in my pocket over there. There it is. Yeah, okay, get in the water there. You sure I'll be all right? Sure, go on. Get in there. Now, don't get excited. Let's see what the book says about drowning. Hurry up, please! Well, wait till I turn the page, will you? I can't wait. She ain't got much choice, has she, folks? <laughs> oh, here it is. Here it is. What does it say? Uh, this book must be returned to the public library by May the <laughs> Hey, I gotta take this book back or it's gonna cost me three cents. I'll see you later. No, hey, what about me? Throw me that rope. Okay, there. Children, thank you very much. Children love to go to the beach and play in the sand and wade in the water. So, Harriet, you be my mother and I'll be the mean widow can. <laughs> Junior, now you stay here with me. Hey, Mommy, is your skirt pinned on tight? Yes, why? Well, if I start to get lost again like the last time, I'm going to hold on. I don't want to cause a riot again, you know. <laughs> oh, look, there's a big balloon laying on the beach there. Look. Junior, don't you jump on that! <laughs> a bullseye! Hey, get off my stomach! Hey, look who's here, Mommy. It's Mr. Meunier, the fat man who lives next door. Well, get off of him and stop walking around. Oh, boy, look at that. He ain't heat. Oh, I go clearing up to my knees. <laughs> oh, please, Junior, <laughs> get off. I'm tickling. Oh, hey, I will jump off. <laughs> I'm sorry I mistook you for a balloon, blubber. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't kid me about being fat. Oh, you ain't fat, fat, Joe. <laughs> 
But you're going to be trouble if you go in that water. It's low tide now, but if you go in, presto. Presto what? High tide. Now, Junior, that's enough. I won't let him bother you, fatso. I mean, Mr. Mounier. Oh, yes, I will, too. He's the only shady spot on the beach, you know. Come on, let's spread our things out here. Okay. You help me open this beach umbrella, huh? Okay, Dar. Yeah, here, put a little suntan oil on it. That'll make it easy to open. Here. Now, now try it. Well, inside out. Oh, now we'll burn to a crisp. No. Oh, well, I'll hurry and put on some suntan oil. Let me do this for you. Let me do this for you. Hey, your skin ain't as soft as it used to be, is it? There. Junior. That's sweet of you to put the oil on Mother's back. Well, I do that because the flies get stuck and then I can swat them easier. (laughs) Oh, look, there's a big one. I missed him. I missed him. Junior, now I'll teach you to slap your mother. No. No, no, no. You knocked me down, you knocked me down. I didn't touch you. You knocked me down, you knocked me down. You didn't touch me, but the breeze did. Boy, I'm glad that Norton bomb psyched a secret, boy. (laughs) Oh, buddy, you ever connected with me? I had no head left, you know that? Hey, what's in here? Now stay out of that basket. Well, I'm hungry. I want something to eat. Hand me that alarm clock over there. Well, I'm not going to eat that. (laughs) I know you're not going to eat that. I have to set the alarm so we can get home in time to wake your father so he can go to work on the swing shift. Swing shift? You mean stagger shift. <laughs> Junior, you know that's not true. Hey, Mommy, you know what? Someday I'd like to see what me pop looks like without that ice bag on top of his head. <laughs> hey, what do he wear that for? Now, you mustn't mention that. No? It's just that your father's head hurts from so much thinking. Yeah, I guess it does. That bumping in them lampposts don't help either, does it? <laughs> Pop bought a new suit, didn't he? Pop bought a new suit. Yes, he did. I work over a hot stove. What do I get? Nothing. What a performer! (laughs) What do you mean, you got me? That's what I said, nothing. (laughs) Boy, ain't it a hot today, Arthur? Well, it wouldn't be if you took that long sweater off. No, I don't want to. Here, take it off. No, no, all right, I will. You want the sunshine, don't you? Yeah, I'll take it off. There. Junior, where is your bathing suit? I couldn't find it That's why I wore the long sweater Can I run around in me short? Well, yes, I guess so Can I go waiting in the ocean? Well, if you want to But don't go out too far Shark might bite you and break his teeth (laughs) I'm going to run right down and jump right in Oh, it's gone. I froze me with a toe. I froze me. Oh, stop showing off. I froze me toe. Your toe isn't frozen. Yes, it is. Yes. It is not. Rub it. What, and ship it? <laughs> hey, Mummy, what makes that water so salty, hmm? Well, it has salt in it. Really? Magnesium. That's the stuff they make airplanes out of. No kidding. Look at the wave. <coughs> what happened? I just swallowed a bomber. <laughs> Look, you stay here and play. I'm going over to that restaurant and get a glass of water. Water, she said. Yes, water. Bottle or draft? Any kind, as long as you got a hand. Oh! Junior! <laughs> uh, go ahead, kiddo. I will stay here. Gee, it's kind of warm, you know. I think I'll roll one of them big beach umbrellas over here. Oh, there's old Fatso's. I'll take his umbrella. He don't need any because he's asleep. <laughs> Boy, I sure hope he's from Boston because he's sure going to have a baked bean, you know. <laughs> So the sun won't hurt him. I'll cover him up with sand. I'll start with his mouth because it's open there. Hey, okay. hey, what are you doing, Junior? I'm making you a sand hog. 
Hey, I'm going to call you up. I'm going to call you up. No, you wouldn't do that, would you? You mean put sand all over you? Yes. Make you itch and scratch? Yes. Run your whole day? Yes. I sure would, but... Now go play, Junior. Okay, I go... Oh, look, look, the Marines are doing practice landing. I'm going to go down and watch them. Come on. Here, wait. Wait, Junior. I'll go with you. Oh, boy, this is fun, eh? Mm-hmm. All right, folks, stand back for our maneuver, so consider yourselves captured. Hey, Sergeant, look, look, look. Hey, you better stop squinting, kiddo. My boys will think you're a Jap and take you on the landing barge. That's the general idea, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little peak won't hurt one little peak. Hey, stop that kid, somebody. Junior! Junior, come back here. I'll get him. Hey, Fasto, come here. Look, 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 look. What is this thing? What is that thing? That's huh? the throttle to make the boat go. You mean if I push it, it will start? Yes. I don't believe it. Well, there's only one way to remove all doubt, you know. Junior! Junior, let go of that throttle. We're backing into a big ship. Well, then we'll make it go forward. Junior! Junior, let go of it. We're heading for a big rock. Look out, the Marines are coming. The Marines are coming. The Marines have landed. Oh, here he comes down now. Look out. Well, don't stand there, Lieutenant. Detail a steam shovel to dig him out of there. At the beach club, people find rest and sunshine until a bum like Willie Lump Lump joins up. Neighbors, howdy. This is the new member back again. I, uh, ah, pipe down, will you? Hey, bartender, give me a sarsaparilla. Oh, never mind. I'll drink this one here. That glass is empty. Well, let me suck on the ice cubes a little, huh? <laughs> oh, there's my wife. There's my wife. Willie, you little weasel. Why didn't you wait for me? Don't you hit me. <laughs> Don't you dare hit me. You'll be sorry if you do. Why? Well, I'll go off like a torpedo, I will. <laughs> Willie, do you think it'll be all right if I take my robe off and sit here in my bathing suit? No, I'd keep them bony legs covered up if I were you. you know. <laughs> look how skinny you are, you know. You look like the meat was still rationed, don't you? Huh? Do you folks like the beach club? Yeah, but this salt air kind of takes the press out of my clothes. You know. Yeah, your pants are a little baggy. A little baggy? Three times I looked at myself, I thought I was kneeling. <laughs> Here's your sarsaparilla. Okay. Willie, why don't you take your coat off? No, I got my bathing suit on underneath there, and I got a bare midriff, you know. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I know. It's embarrassing, though. The doctor sewed my appendix up with black thread. (laughs) Well, folks, we want to welcome you to the beach club. The bar is open till midnight. The showers are downstairs. A boardwalk leads you down to the ocean and see your dentist twice a year. The old bird, ain't he, huh? I don't like to go swimming in the ocean. I go swimming in the pool myself, you know. There's no pool here. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, no, there ain't. Oh, yes, there is. Oh, all right, then, there is. Oh, no, there ain't. Don't pay any attention to him. He don't swim anyhow. He don't? <laughs> what do you mean he don't? He does. He does. I hold the record for the dead man's float, you know. Why did they revive you? Uh, <laughs> of course, 
get your answer. If you lose your place, you can't you think of a better answer? <laughs> Ain't she sweet? Huh? <laughs> Too bad Orson Welles brought you here from Mars. <laughs> Please, please, folks, you'll have to be quiet. You're disturbing the other guests. Well, let them be disturbed. Anybody wants to get tough with me, I'll take care of my... What was that? Willie. (laughs) Willie, look at them muscles. Don't talk back to them. I think they're real. What did you say just a minute ago? I said I'd punch anybody in the nose that didn't approve to my disturbing them. I don't approve. I didn't mean you. I'll get up. I'll take care of this Hercules here. Get up, Willie. What for? He's only going to knock me down again. So from now on, you'll be a little more considerate of other people's feelings. Now, look who's talking, would you? You know, you're a pretty tough guy. What do you do around here? I'm a lifesaver. Oh, you know, I used to be the champion high diver. I know more dives than any other guy alive. You certainly do. Yeah. Would you like to see me dive out the window into the ocean? Oh, don't be silly. The ocean's a good 200 feet from that window. I can do. I can do. <laughs> Watch, I'll run and dive out the window and land right in the water. What's the... Willie, come back here. Mighty hard water they got around here. <laughs> Willie, are you all right? Yeah, but I'll never be able to do my jackknife again. Why not? It broke one of my blades. <laughs> This is the National Broadcasting Company. And that was the Red Skelton Show from May 9th, 1944, called Swimming, starring Red Skelton himself. All right, let's take a break here on Hollywood 360. When we come back, it's suspense. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, Lisa Wolf, my co-host. And Lisa, it's time for, in my opinion, the best mystery radio series of all time, Suspense. It was conceived as a potential radio vehicle for Alfred Hitchcock to direct Suspense was a radio series of epic proportions. It aired on CBS from 1942 all the way to 1962, considered by many, including myself, as the best mystery drama series of the golden age of radio. It was billed as radio's outstanding theater of thrills, and it focused on suspenseful thrillers starring the biggest names in Hollywood, including Humphrey Bogart and Henry Fonda and uh, Mercedes McCambridge and Lisa Wolfe, you know, these kind of stars. Yeah, that was one of my biggest roles, actually. Yeah, I know. Over a thousand radio broadcasts on suspense, and we have one for you now. This is from August 10th, 1943. It's called The Fountain Plays, and it stars Edmund Gwen. It's heard on CBS. Part one now of a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Suspense. This is the man in black. Here 
again to introduce Columbia's program, Suspense. From Hollywood, the noted British actor, Mr. Edmund Gwynn, a star of an unusual murder study by his distinguished compatriot, Miss Dorothy Sayers. The story called The Fountain Plays is tonight's tale of suspense. Currently appearing in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Technicolor production, Lassie Come Home, following such successes as Foreign Correspondent, and the stage plays The Wookiee and The Three Sisters, it is Mr. Gwen's particular pleasure to embody on the stage and the screen the eternal middle-class Englishman, the common man of Britain, and proud of it. The character Mr. Gwen portrays in our play tonight, Mr. Archibald Spiller, conservative John Bull that he may be, has lately had a bit of luck. Mr. Spiller lives on a little country estate with a cook and a manservant, and in the garden, yes, a fountain. Of all these little luxuries, it is the fountain which pleases him the most. An interesting sort of hobby for such a man. A fountain? Perhaps more interesting than even Mr. Spiller himself realized at the beginning of that memorable evening. These events were really quite unusual. And with their publication, and with the performance of Mr. Edmund Gwynn as Archie Spiller, we again hope to keep you in... Suspense. The Fountain Plays. Now then, Mr. Spiller, what about it? Now, have a care of the fountain, Sam. Get wet if you stand too close. Fountain? You yeah. and your plastic fountain. Wasting your money on a doodad. Oh, it's not expensive, Sam. It's very ingenious, really. Uses the same water over and over again, you see? Don't try and put me off. What about it? Well, I told you. I talked to you about it later this evening. Later? Mm. Later. Well, I want to talk about it now. I want a straight answer to my question. I've given you an answer. You've given me nothing but bluff and bluster. Do I get it or don't I? That's what I want to know. And if no, I no, 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 don't... Please, please. My guests are arriving. I'll talk to you tonight. You'd better talk straight, too. It'll be your last chance, my lad. Hello! Hello there, everybody. You're just in time for a cocktail. Come in, come Master in. Master Seb oh. will find you here, Daddy. I hope we're not interrupting. Certainly not. Certainly not. You know Mr. Gooch, don't you, my dear? Of course. And this uh, this is my neighbor, Mrs. Digby, Mr. Gooch. How do you do, Mr. Gooch? Uh, and Ronald Proudfoot, my daughter's fiancé. How do you do, sir? How do you do? Do help yourselves, everybody. You'll find all the fixings right there on the stone settee. Oh, Betty, you play hostess, will you, dear? All right, dear. I'll take my neat. <laughs> I was just showing Mr. Gooch the, the wonders of my little fountain. Oh, Daddy, you do make such a fuss over that fountain. Oh, well, even so, I always say that there's nothing quite like a bit of ornamental water to set a place off. Sort of like the Versailles Gardens, what? Oh, it's really lovely, Mr. Spiller. And so secluded with the rhododendrons and the lilac hedge all around. Ah, you like that, eh? <laughs> you know, I was thinking of cutting out some of these lilacs. Oh, I would Well, to make a vista, so to speak. You can't even see it from the house with these bushes on all four sides. Well, now, perhaps that might add something. But if you like the lilacs, Mrs. Digby, the lilacs shall stay. Oh, Mr. Spiller. <laughs> I'm no authority, I'm sure. Well, if you want an authority, I'd say it's a mess. Plaster, backstop, and all. A mess, see? A mess? Yes, a mess. Oh, maybe Mr. Gooch means uh, the way the backstop arches up above the straight. It rather overshadows it, Oh, you know. I have to have that, you know, my dear. Prevailing winds from the south. Blows the jet of water right out onto the grass. 
If it weren't for that backstop, I'd have a regular swamp over there. Wasteful, too. <laughs> well, I'm glad I know that. You always were a fool, Archie, squandering money on a fountain. <laughs> oh, no, 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 indeed. It uses the same water over and over again. Like the ones in Trafalgar Square, you know. It's most ingenious, really. Why, isn't that a wonderful idea? Well, I have to be careful, of course, even so. I turn it off every night to save leakage and waste and so on. <laughs> Same old spiller. A proper miser, if ever there was one. Oh, I, I say now, Mr. Spiller, sir. Yeah? Dinner is served. What? Oh, thank you, Master. Thank you. Well, what do you say? Everybody ready for a bit of dinner? Hey, are you going then, shall we? Come on, let's go in there. I got it, I got it. You can get some... Uh, why, Mr. Spiller, your modest little fountain. When you're past the bushes, why, all at once you can scarcely hear it at yes, all. Yes, quite impossible to hear it from the house. Can't hear it at all. What is it, Masters? Will that be all then, sir? Yes, thank you, Masters, yes. Excellent dinner. My compliments to the cook, please. Yes, sir. And uh, coffee in the drawing room. Very good, sir. Well, shall we adjourn? Shall we what? Adjourn? Going to the drawing room, what? <laughs> Quite a tough you've become, eh, Archie? Big change from the old days. Adjourn to the drawing room. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Well, we'll all have a spot of coffee now, eh? Coffee? Is that the best you've got to offer? Oh, no, no, by no means. Have anything you like, old man. That's better. Um, what would you think, Mr. Spiller, about a rubber or two of bridge? Oh, excellent suggestion. Splendid. Uh, good thing I don't play, eh, Archie? I see I'm counted out before we start. Oh, Mr. Gooch, I'm so sorry. Do take my place. I'm really very tired. No, thanks. We didn't play bridge where I come from, and neither did Archie. Although I see he picked it up quick enough once he got... Well, it's never too late to learn, you know. <laughs> oh, I've got better ways than that to spend my time when I visit an old pal. Where's that fellow, Masters? Was there something you wished, sir? Oh, well, take the whiskey and soda down by that fountain. Whiskey and moonlight and jolly old fountain. That's the proper way to spend an evening, eh, my lad? Uh, quite, sir. Mind you bring the full decanter. One drink's only a starter for a chap like yours, truly. Very good, sir. While I'm at it, better take a few of these here Coronas. Only the best for your old pals, eh, Archie? Yes, yes. See you folks later. See you later on. Oh, Mr. Digby, shall it be you and me against the youngsters? Daddy. Yes, dear? Will you tell me why you put up with that man? Gooch? Oh, come. He's not a bad sort, really. Had a drop too much this evening, perhaps. But... He always has a drop too much. And he is a bad sort. He's a rude, unpleasant, terrible man. Well, old friend, you know, not much a chap can do. Oh, Daddy, you're so soft-hearted. But if you can't do anything, I can. Now, please, dear, please. He'll be gone in a day or two. High time. What does he mean, talking to you that way in your own home? Uh, uh, sh shall we uh, cut for deal? Yes. Shall I, um... Well, I don't care. Bichon put me off. This is the last time that man is going to come into this house. Look. <laughs> 
That was the first portion of Suspense from August 10th, 1943, called The Fountain Place, starring Edmund Gwen. Right, and you remember Edmund Gwen, right, from I, Miracle on 34th Street? I sure do. I watched it recently. Did you? I sure did. Did you know he won an Academy Award for that performance? I, I read that as well. I and, did my research. And stick around. We'll come back and we'll present the conclusion to Suspense after these messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Now let's get back to suspense from a 1943 called The Fountain Plays. <laughs> there you are, game and rubber. I guess the old folks aren't so slow after all, eh, partner? <laughs> now don't get daddy all puffed up. You did have all the cards. Oh, not a bit of it. Jolly well played, sir. Play one more? Oh, I'm afraid not. I don't want to put a damper on the party. But it's 10.30. My word, so it is. Last hour or so passed in no time. Oh, that's probably Mr. Gooch. Wonder where he is. I could guess. He said he was going out by the fountain. Dead for the world, that's what he is. Oh, I bet he... Oh, from drink, silly. Oh, of course. Well, I'm not superstitious, you know, but... Oh, Gooch will take care of himself, I dare say. (laughs) Well, Mrs. Digby, if you really must... I'm afraid I really must. Well, then perhaps I can see you home. Well, if it wouldn't be inconvenient. Not a bit of it. It's a pleasure I've been looking forward to all the evening. Well, here we are. Yes. It's been such a lovely evening, Mr. Spiller. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking... I'm awfully lucky to have found a neighbor like you... At my time of life, I mean. <laughs> Maybe it's not luck at all. It's fate, you mean? Eh, Mrs. Digby? Hmm? Or may I... May I call you... Rosalind? Oh, of course. And you call me... Archibald, eh? <laughs> Silly name, but it's the only one I've got there. <laughs> all right. You know, it was true what I said tonight, that the place will be needing a new hostess soon. With Betty getting married, you mean? Hmm. You must be very happy for her. Oh, I am, I am. But what I mean is, I mean that, well, we're both alone in the world now, and... and yes? Uh, Rosalind, there's something I want to talk to you about soon. I I, I, I can't just now. There, there, there are arrangements I have to make, but, but, but I do want to talk to you really seriously. Well, I'll always be here, you know. Yeah. But it's late now. Yes, yes, it is. Well, uh, good night, uh, Rosalind. It has been a lovely evening. Good night, Archibald. Hello, Masters. Tell me, where's everybody? Mr. Ronald left five or ten minutes since, sir, and Miss Elizabeth has retired. Oh. Mm. Well, uh, has Mr. Gooch come in yet? I couldn't say, sir. Shall I go to see? No, no, no. Never mind. You can cut along to bed now. I'll lock up. Very good, sir. Oh, by the way, Masters, is the fountain turned off? Yes, sir. I turned it off myself at half past ten, seeing you were engaged. Oh, fine, fine. Well, uh, good night, Masters. Good night, sir. Oh, hello there. Just coming out to look for you, Gooch. Hello. Have a nice evening? A nice evening. 
Not as nice an evening as you had with the obliging little widow, eh? No, no, that's enough of that now, Sam. Oh, it is, is it? That's enough, is it? That's a good one. You think I am talking to me like that? One of your ruddy servants? Well, I'm not. I'm the boss here. Get that into your head. I'm the boss, and you know it. All right, all right. But buzz off to bed now like a good fellow. It's getting late, and I'm tired. Oh, no, you don't. Think I'm drunk, don't you? <laughs> well, I'm not drunk enough so I don't remember the little business I've got with you. Well, can't we talk about it in the morning? No. We'll talk about it right now. I'm short of cash. It's high time you kicked in with some more. Now, look here, Sam. I pay you your allowance as we agreed, and you stay here whenever you like. But that's all. Oh, it is, is it? Yes. Getting pretty high and mighty, aren't you, number 4132? Sam, quiet, for heaven's sake. You're in a fine spot to tell me what you're going to do, aren't you? Quiet, the servants, my dear. Quiet, Betty, my dear, or Ronald Fatdoodle, whatever his name is. Sam, you're drunk. Sure, I'm drunk. I'm not an escaped jailbird, am I? I'm not liable to be all back to work out ten years old labor for forgery, listen, am I? Sam, listen, I'll give you a little extra. Just this once. When I think a man like me that was only in for a short stretch anyway, worked it out all good and proper, dependent on the charity, mind you, of a pal what's rolling in wealth. I'm not rolling in wealth, and you know it. But if you'll promise me, faithfully, that this is the last time... Sure, I'll promise. For an old pearl, I'll promise anything. You just give me 5,000 down. 5,000? That's right. I've got a great opportunity. All I need is a little ready cash. Now, don't be an idiot, Sam. What do you think I'm going to lay hands on that much? Just like that. I'll give you a check for 500. Oh, trying to rent it on your old pal, eh? I said 5,000 and 5,000 it is, or you'll find yourself back on the rock pile, see? I tell you, I haven't got it. I haven't got it. You've got enough to go buying fancy fountains, playing around with the widow next now, door. Now, you leave Mrs. Digby out of this. I'll leave her out of it, all right. I'll leave the old pastry to you. What? You... I told you that was enough of that, and I meant it. Now, pull yourself together and go to bed. Go on. I'll talk to you in the morning. You hear me, Sam? Come on. I didn't hit you that hard, you know. Come on. Get up on your feet now, Sam. Go on. Sam. 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 Hit his head on the corner of the table. Phew. No blood. No, there it is, just over the temple. Soft. Spongy. Mr. Gooch's fall had made quite a racket, too. Somebody must have heard it. They'd be calling out in a moment. Footsteps coming down to find out what's the matter. Have to think fast. What was that? Oh. Oh, just the old clock. Nobody on this side of the house, anyway. Nobody could have heard. Steady now and face the facts. He's dead. Murdered. Oh, it didn't feel like murder. But the police won't care about that. First off, they'll take fingerprints. And then... If I could make them suspect somebody else. Confuse them. An alibi. Yes, that's what's needed. An alibi. Make it seem he was alive... when he was already dead. Yes. Yes, how do they do it in the stories? Dress up like a dead man and impersonate him. You, no, 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 you 
imitate him speaking over the phone or... No, you make a gramophone record of his voice or you forge a letter. Oh, no, 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 forgery. No, I don't want to get mixed up in that old game again. No, 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 no. Oh, wait a minute, though. The time. The time. Earlier, not later. Say 10.30, while everyone was playing bridge. If he could have died sometime before that. But how to prove it? What happened at 10.30? 10.30. Think. Think. The fountain. The fountain. Yes, the fountain. Yes. Mr. Spiller went out to the French windows to the garden, then turned on the fountain, then down the garden path, stopped and called a name. A name. Sam! Gooch! Gooch! Doing... Oh, careful with the flashlight. They can't hear the fountain from the house, but they can see that. Ah, there's the whiskey, still half full. Pour most of it out, so that it will look as though we had even more to drink. Now back to the house. That'll do. Now back into the house. Looked for him and didn't find him. It was dark, the moon had gone down. But from now on, quiet. Quiet as he is lying over there. The wheelchair in the hall closet. The wheelchair used to be Mrs. Spiller's. Remember how she... No, no, not time to think of that now. Just left him into it. Who'd have ever thought old Sam was so heavy? Now, now out the other door. But quietly this time. is right by the water's edge. Push him under. Now. Now. Well. 
it's done. Remorse? Why remorse? Does the mouse feel remorse that the cat is killed? Does the prisoner feel remorse when he leaves his prison? No. No, it's done. And well done. Nothing left but the finishing touches now. Take back the wheelchair. Let the fountain run another hour. And then to bed. And when the police come in the morning, the perfect crime. Remorse? Nonsense. Congratulations would be more like it. Yes, congratulations, Mr. Spiller. Inspector Frampton, sir. Huh? Oh, yes. Come in, Inspector. Come in. I hate to trouble you, Mr. Spiller. Regulations, you know. Of course, of course. Everyone here who was present the night of the, uh, uh, that is, last night. Yes, Inspector, yes. It's Mrs. Digby, my neighbor, my daughter Elizabeth, her fiancé, Mr. Ronald Proudfoot, and the servants, of course. Excellent. Well, now, if you'll all bear with me, I have to ask you all a few questions, you know. But, Inspector, it, it wasn't... That's what we have to find out. You know, there was a blow on the head. Oh. Now, as I understand it... The deceased was last seen alive at about 8.30, just after dinner. Let me see you. You were the last to see him, Amy Man? Yes, sir. I believe so, sir. You took the whiskey and soda down to the fountain in the garden and left it there with Mr. Gooch. And that was the last time he was seen alive by any of you, eh? Yes. Yes, yes. yes the four of you then played cards, I believe. Yes. Until yes. what time? Oh, about 10.30... And no one left the room during those two hours? No, no, Then, Mr. Spiller, you accompanied Mrs. Digby to her home. Yes. Is that correct, Mrs. Digby? Yes, Inspector. Now, when you returned, you were met in the hall by Masters. Yeah. And what time was that, Masters? About 10.45, sir. And Mr. Spiller at that time inquired after Mr. Gooch? Yes, sir. He asked if I had seen him, and as I had not, he suggested I might retire that he himself would lock the house. And the others are all left? Yes, sir. That is to say, Mr. Ronald had left. I heard him drive off in his car, and Miss Elizabeth had retired. Then you were alone in the downstairs part of the house. Is that so, Mr. Spiller? Yes. You tell me, please, what you did then? Well, I was worried about Gooch. He'd been drinking quite a lot, and so I went to look for him. Went down to the end of the garden by the fountain. You didn't go through the lilac hedge to the fountain? No. No, it was dark by then. I couldn't see. I called Gooch several times. Did anyone hear, hear Mr. Spiller call? Oh, I did, sir. I was half asleep, as you might say. But I did hear Mr. Spiller call out. And then what did you do, Mr. Spiller? I came back into the house. Sat up in the library, read for a while, and about one o'clock I went to bed. Now... Now, this is very important. Who turned off the fountain? I did, sir. At what time? At 10.30, sir. You're quite sure of that? Yes, sir. It was the usual time. I see. And no one would have turned it on again, of course. I can't think why, sir. Uh. Well, I think that makes everything very clear, Mr. Spiller. Yes, yes. When the body was found, it was still wet from the spray of the fountain. Hmm. Therefore, death must have occurred sometime before the fountain was turned off at 10.30. <sighs> and as all of you here were occupied till then, from, from the time the deceased was last seen alive... An accident, as... of course. I said so from the beginning. Well, might have been either, you know. 
There had been a blow, and there was water in the lungs. Oh, the man apparently fell due to his intoxicated condition, struck his head, falling into the water, from which he was unable to rescue himself. Well, seems the obvious conclusion, doesn't it? Poor fellow. Well, thanks, everyone. I don't think we shall have to trouble you again, Mr. Spiller. Well, I hope not. And thank you, Inspector. Coroner, Township of Alton, County of Hampshire, that in the case of the deceased Samuel Gooch, death was due solely to accidental causes. Oh, Daddy, I'm so glad. I was afraid for a while. Oh, there was nothing to be afraid of, dear. Poor old Gooch just lost his footing and fell, that's all. I know. I was afraid of him. Of him? I know it was silly, but he was so so strange. I thought he had some sort of hold over you. Oh, nonsense, darling. Just an old friend. And I'm a sentimental old fool. <laughs> You're an old dear. Oh. But I've got to run now. What, off with Ronald? Uh-huh. Mm. Daddy, are you going to be awfully lonely when I've gone? Oh, you know I'll miss you. Maybe Mrs. Digby. No, no, no my girl. Oh, oh, she's such a oh, darling. Oh, she is rather nice, isn't she? Eh? In fact, I, uh, I thought I might pop over to stay this afternoon, as long as you're going to be out. Daddy, I knew it. I won't keep you another second. Ask her over to dinner. Well, perhaps I shall. You'll be on time, though. I will. Bye. Bye. Beg pardon, sir. Huh? Oh, Masters, yes. If it's convenient to you, sir, I should like to have my bedroom changed. Hmm? I should like to sleep indoors, in the main house. Oh? Why that, Masters? I'm a very light sleeper, sir. And noises keep me awake. Noises? The weather vane, sir, above the garage. When the wind changes, it creaks. <laughs> well, a little oil perhaps would soon. I hardly think that would do, sir. Because when the wind changes, there are other noises. They can be most disturbing, sir. What? Other noises? The fountain, sir. Fountain? Yes, sir. Ordinarily, I'm quite unable to hear it. Any more than, uh, than you can in the main house, sir. But when the wind is from the west, the plaster backstop acts uh, quite like a sounding board in the direction of my room, sir. In fact, I can hear not only the fountain itself, but I can hear even the faintest noises in the grove around it uh, quite clearly. I see. Quite, sir. For instance, uh, on the night Mr. Gooch sustained his unfortunate accident... The wind changed a little after 11. The weather vane awakened me, and then I heard the fountain. I seemed to hear other noises, too, if I may say so, sir. You heard? Yes, sir. I might add that after hearing the police inspector's observations, I took the precaution of, of pressing your dinner jacket. The sleeve seemed quite wet, sir. Oh. Oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. I think, sir, all things taken into consideration, you might find it worth your while to retain me permanently in your service at, shall we say, 
double my present wage for now. Huh? Oh. Oh, yes, yes, of course. I'm very much obliged to you, sir. Is there anything else, sir? No. No, nothing else. I'm uh, going to sit here by the fountain. Very ingenious. The fountain. Yes. Most ingenious, my fountain. Costs so little to run because it uses the same water over and over again. Over and over again. Over and over Closes the Fountain Plays, starring Edmund Gwen and the Dorothy Sayers story, which was tonight's tale of Suspense. The producer of these broadcasts is William Spear, who, with Ted Bliss, director Bernard Herman and Lucien Marowick, conductor and composer, and Robert L. Richards, the radio author, collaborated on tonight's Suspense. And that's Suspense, starring Edmund Gwen in the Fountain Plays. From August 10, 1943, also in the cast, Wendy Berry, Dennis Hoey, and Ian Wolfe, with Ted Osborne as the Man in Black, as heard on CBS. Hope you enjoyed Suspense. And uh, we have uh, all, we play Suspense a lot here on Hollywood 360. We play all your favorite classic radio shows, and they're all available to you on digital download or CD as well at our store. So just go to Hollywood360radio.com and check out our store. And we have a podcast of this show too, Lisa. Right? If you miss this sh- show, a lot of a lot of these stations that carry our program don't carry the full four hours, and so we put the full four hours up on our website so you can hear the entire four-hour show every week plus a bonus hour of classic radio. That's uh, up just a couple of days after we broadcast. So just go to Hollywood360radio.com. Let's take a break, and then Lisa and I and Mike Costello will be right back. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. All right, Lisa, next week, are you going to be here? Or I got to do this thing without you? Am I invited to be here? Yes. Okay. If you don't do the show, I got to do it with Mike. Oh, no, that's not fun. You know, it's not. (laughs) As much as I like talking to Mike, you take the cake. (laughs) Um, Next week, it's a good detective adventure with the Falcon. Then it's the George Burns and Gracie Allen show. We'll have a sci-fi adventure of Dimension X. It's a great mystery on Inner Sanctum. Then it's the great Gildersleeve with Hal Perry. And Jack Webb stars as Jeff Regan Investigator. We play six old-time radio shows every week here on Hollywood 360, so don't miss it. For my co-host, Lisa Wolf, executive producer Mike Costella, Vince and Chris Lombardi, my crabby brother Vince Amari, Adam West, and me, Carl Amari, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time. 
To learn more about Hollywood 360 or to contact us, visit our website at hollywood360radio.com. Adam West speaking. 